1: on 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 welcome back to the Locked on Cowboys podcast part of the Locked on podcast network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host Marcus Mosher you can actually follow me at Twitter now at Marcus underscore <laughs> Mosher it's great. Uh, Joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter, at McCoolBCB. You can also listen to him on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, what is going on, sir?
0: So, not only did your uh, uh, Twitter get uh, released, I guess, is is (laughs) is the way to put it. Sure. You also had an an exciting uh, bit of news that you should probably uh, announce here uh, as well. Yeah, I kind
1: of feel like they go hand in hand, to be honest a little bit right <laughs> you,
0: you, you think they're related
1: <laughs> I, I know they're related. Really, no um so yeah uh we announced yesterday that my wife is is pregnant um and actually Landon you were uh the fir- <laughs> first one of uh, basically anybody outside of my wife and I did know that uh that we were pregnant do, do you want to tell the story on how that happened
0: yeah, so uh, just to kind of pull the curtain back, you know, every every morning Marcus and I uh, get on a, on a Skype call before the record to just kind of generally discuss you know what we're going to talk about, what's what's happened, what's the news, that sort of thing. And you know, sometimes when we do that, we're we're you know kind of doing our own thing quietly and we're on the we're on the Skype together, but we're also kind of arranging stuff and getting things ready for the record. Yeah, yeah. And one morning I'm on. I'm on with Marcus, and then quietly in the background, just just subtly, I hear.
1: Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and, uh, you, was, you knew it wasn't me because it was too far away.
0: Yeah, it was like in the distance. It sounded like a like like. It, I mean, I thought your dog was sick. Is honestly what yeah. it was, and uh, obviously. Uh, it was a case of morning sickness. And, yeah, this uh, is had...
1: real, real early on, like within the first week of us knowing. So uh, I yeah, think I even was fun.
0: I tweeted something very uh, 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 mysterious at the uh, yeah. date. If, if you want to go back and find it, it something I've got a good story to tell all of y'all once the stuff comes out. But it was, but we were laughing quite a bit after I realized <laughs> what exactly it was. It was pretty yeah. hilarious. So
1: it, it was uh, pretty fun. I'm, I'm not sure my wife was thrilled to find out that you were the first person to know before your parents even but you know what it's all right my uh, deepest apologies that, yeah that's uh, that's just how close this relationship is here that's right. um that's true all right so coming up on today's show we've got some twitter questions for you um and i want to start with this one uh because i actually got sent to it from a couple of different people um it came out yesterday that former steelers and raiders wide receiver martavis bryant is filing for reinstatement he's just 28 years old uh, a lot of people were, were wondering should the cowboys be interested in bringing in Bryant to be the wide receiver four um you know they have the top three is loaded that fourth receiver spot is still up for grabs and i would argue that the one thing they don't have in their wide receiver room right now is a lot of top end speed and that's exactly what martavis Bryant has are you interested in bringing him on landon uh,
0: I mean, I, I'm interested in kicking tires. I, I, I wonder how interested he would be on coming here. You know, uh, I, I think with three other, you know, top end guys the, to compete with, uh, I, I'm not sure if that's the kind of situation he's necessarily looking to get into, I, but I, I don't know that it yeah. isn't either. So um, I, I think that, you know, as far as skill set of what we're looking for, maybe in our fourth wide right receiver and, and what he has, yeah, I think there's a good fit there. Uh, but I, I do think that, you know, it's it's not necessarily the most. It's not like a match made in heaven necessarily. If, if you know Montavious is looking to uh, to get into a situation where he's going to sure. play pretty regularly or become like the number two or number three, that's not really a situation he's going to get into here. If the Cowboys were to be able to sign him. Uh, I, yeah, I think he would be a, a great addition as a fourth receiver. I mean, obviously there's some baggage there, but I think you're kind of you know, insulated from that since he isn't like a, a required piece on your offense necessarily. Yeah, yeah. So I, I would well, be for uh, it, but I just wonder if, if that's something that he's interested in.
1: But I think he's actually probably in a spot in his career where, he, where he's going to have to be the fourth receiver. I, like If you're comparing this to like Josh Gordon's situation, who also filed for reinstatement a couple of days ago, it feels like Josh Gordon still believes he should be a starting receiver, right? Even at Martavis's peak uh, with the Steelers, he was really the third option with Antonio Brown and Juju Smith-Schuster. Again, it's been a while since he played. When he was with the Raiders, I believe it was in two thousand eighteen. Um, you know, he was just a complimentary player. Uh, you know, even then they had Amari Cooper and they had some other guys there. Um, I, I just think of those two guys, Bryant's probably more ready to take that third or fourth wide receiver role and considering how cheap it is I mean it's going to cost you nothing I think is at least intriguing right I think I think these are the kind of moves that you should be taking here you know in June and July it's hey take a swing on this player if he doesn't work out if he doesn't buy into the system if he's not the kind of person that we want we can move on and it costs us nothing but the reward is so big Uh, when we've seen Bryant at his peak again he's one of the best receivers in the league going down the field and making plays Uh, I I think it's, at the very least, an intriguing option. Uh, We'll see if the Cowboys show any interest at all. Um, All right, Landon, let's go to a different question. Um, This one is from at at arguing underscore Cowboys. If, again, if Jamal Adams comes to the Cowboys, how does that work with Jalen? Who is the fifth rusher, and where would Jalen have to cover? So I think he's talking more about, you know, in nickel packages, you probably would have, you know, know, we talked about Jalen potentially rushing more uh, we talked yesterday on the podcast about how Jamal Adams is really good, you know, at getting to the quarterback. It's probably a combination of, you know, both, right? You're trying to be multiple, you're trying to be aggressive and not, you know, pl- overplay your hand. But you probably would see those guys, you know, mixing and matching a bunch, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think the idea is that, you know, they, they each have a couple of different things that they can do skill set wise. And then you just kind of mix and match them, you know, on uh, – in different situations on different downs and different against different teams. You know, I just think you, you take a, a, uh, a situation where you have a couple of guys who can do a couple of different things. And then you, you try to fit, you know, figure out how to get them all doing what they do best on a, on a given play. And I, you know, I think having versatile guys like that, you know, obviously, you don't need to have Jalen kind of coming after the quarterback every single play. He can do other things. You can, and he, I think he can do other things well. Uh, and I, I think that the same is for any, you know, if you talk about Jamal Adams, this is like we talked about yesterday. It's like having a guy like that, you don't just want to, like, you don't sign a guy like that just to go and play box safety, like he, or just, you know, to be the down box safety. I mean, you, right, you sign right. him because. He can step out and cover guys in the slot. He can cover tight ends. He can play uh, free safety. He can, he can do it all. I think with Jalen, you know, there are things that he does better than than other things, but I think he has a diverse enough skill set that, you know, you can deploy him in a variety of different ways on any given play and make it work with the rest of what the team is doing on, on that snap.
1: I agree, and that's that's the reason why you bring in an Adams is because you can be so versatile, and multiple. You know, you don't have to blitz Jalen on every third down. You can you can use him in coverage. You can drop him into zones. I think, I think that's why I think we're starting to buy in a little bit more on bringing in Adams uh, to help revamp the secondary. Um, just wanted to tell you guys today that this episode is sponsored by Built Bar. Right before we came on the show, I went with the salted caramel chocolate Built Bar. Absolutely fantastic. Um, if you've never tried a Built Bar before, let me tell you this. They are the best tasting protein bars out there. It's hard to even explain it. 110 calories today for that, that salted caramel chocolate bar. Absolutely fantastic. Real chocolate, amazing flavors, low calorie bars with a ton of protein packed in. No crazy additives. If you want to get in on Built Bars, just go to builtbar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON for 50% off your first box. That's promo code LOCKEDON for 50% off your first box.
0: limitations apply see terms at discover.com slash credit card.
1: All right, Landon, Um, I actually have a question for you. Um, This is one that I was uh, working on a little bit last night. (laughs) Uh, Again, I'm I'm still looking at this wide receiver room looking at the top three options. Uh, We've kind of floated some names around that could potentially fill that spot. I know we brought up Taylor Gabriel, Uh, we talked about Martavis Bryant today. What about Tavon Austin? Uh, that's somebody who you know, I went back and watched last night. Um, for the limited uh, number of snaps that he's been with the Cowboys over the last two years, he's actually played pretty well. He has a surprising number of big plays. Uh, you watch him as a full-time receiver in the Jets game uh, from last year. He was really good playing in the slot, playing on the outside. I think he has you know something that the Cowboys don't have in their wide receiver room that right now, which is that quickness and home run speed. Would you be opposed to bringing tavon back uh you know at this stage in the off season?
0: absolutely not i mean I think that he's your floor you know i mean I feel like you're gonna sure. be able to get him back if you want if you can't upgrade on him i he's not he's not a terrible option and i agree i think you know he gets a bad rap because he was a top ten pick and you know he was a college and high school football legend who just kind of never really was that legendary player in the nfl uh but i think that that i mean he still has the ability to do exactly what you need him to do as a wide receiver for he can play inside outside he can get down the field like he uh like like he has most of his career he isn't necessarily a uh you know, uh, a fade specialist because I don't think he's like a, a high no. point guy because of his size, but he can get out uh, from around guys and get underneath the football, uh, and 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 catch it catch it down the field and just and, you know make the the defense respect his speed at the very least. I think he can. Do I also all those think things. he's a
1: better route. I also I, I think he's a better route runner than what people give him I, credit yeah, for. Yeah, totally.
0: Too. I agree. I mean, if you if you watch, I mean, the problem. Look again. Part of. Part of what makes good route running is, is, or at least part of what makes route running look good, is is how the, the defensive back is reacting to you. And, and, and Tavon Austin, with his speed, like it or not, uh, he can run a stop route very well because everyone's got to stay yeah. three feet off the line of scrimmage to get started. So they're bailing and running up the field as fast as they can, and suddenly Tavon stopped gathered himself and he runs that route well enough that he gets good separation when he runs it because they have to respect his speed so i think there are routes like that where i was gonna say know, a whip
1: route's another one yeah right? he's I, a, I not
0: he's a good go enough ahead. route runner that his speed can like make up the rest right and, right. and i think that the, the whip routes is a lot we talk about if he can gather himself enough even if the cornerback has recovered in time and they're even out of the break his speed will take over and that's when he'll start to separate, you know, and so I, th- I think he has the ability to do what we would like for him to do, and on top of that, I think he plays special teams and he and he yeah, actually does, uh, you know, uh, not just on, as a returner, but as a, as a cover guy, so um, yeah, I, I I have no issues at all with re-signing Tavon Austin and, and, and bringing him back, I, you know, if there's an upgrade option, let's get it, if it works that's fantastic, let's do it but if not, I don't think this team should be upset if they go in with you know a combination of, of 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 Tavon Austin and Cedric Wilson and and, and Aaron Parker and Ventral Bryant and, all, and John fayette Johnson yeah. and O'Brien and all the, Devin Smith and all those guys kind of going in a competition for that fourth and fifth and sixth spots on the on the wide receiver depth chart.
1: Well, we didn't even have to mention him, but Tavon can also give you snaps at running back. Now, let's say for example, Ezekiel Elliott went down for you know half or whatever and you didn't want to give Tony Pollard every single snap, you can put him back there for passing snaps and he can do stuff out of the backfield. You can give the ball to him between the tackles. I mean, you don't want to do it all the time, but uh, we have seen times where he can do it. He can run outside. So, the ability for him to not only play outside but play in the slot, play in the backfield, play on kick return, punt return, I think that's a perfect wide receiver for I I would really like to see the Cowboys bring him back. And then there's also the part where He's a guy that's loved in that locker room. Super high character. Was actually a you know a big leader in the 2018 uh, team where you know they didn't have uh, they didn't have much veteran leadership on that wide receiver room until Amari got there. Tavon was the guy that a lot of those people uh, players were looking up to. Um, I I just think he would be a really as you mentioned a really good floor option for a wide receiver four. Um, all right, let's get to another question. This was one from Francisco Camp 87. Do you think we'll see Leighton Vander play at or close to the level he played it at as a rookie? Um, obviously, 2019 was a bit of a disappointment. Um, he did not live up to that uh, all-pro status he was as a rookie. Uh, obviously, the neck injury played a part of it. I think he had a hip surgery earlier that offseason, too. Missed a lot of time in training camp. Um, but he says he's feeling he's feeling good now. Uh, he's feeling better than he even did in college how optimistic are you about Van Der Esch entering twenty twenty?
0: Uh, if he's playing, I'm not that concerned. I, I mean, I think he's well past the hip injury at this point. I mean, he spent all, all all the most of the season on IR anyways for the neck, so I think he's probably you know a, a good distance away from that. And the neck injury is more of a you know fear of suddenly being injured or something something happening that that, and i think that's probably a legitimate fear there but i don't know that is his performance up until that point or until something happens is something that i'm going to worry about i will worry about layton's neck i mean i i think that you on every play
1: just one play could change his whole career and that's what makes you so nervous
0: maybe and 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 i think that's something that you have to you know be cognizant of but I would say that as far as performance goes, when he's on the field, I think it's safe to expect closer to what we, uh, what we saw in uh, the, his rookie season than what we saw last year. If, if only for the fact that, you know, A, he was injured with his hip, B, it injured his neck, C, he was dealing with a – he's a young player, a second-year player, dealing with a uh, linebacker coach who got sent home halfway through the season. Yeah. So I, I yep. think all of those seem to be you know, things that point towards a bounce-back season for Leighton Van I
1: agree. As long he's, as he's out there, I, I really don't question any of his ability. It's just, can he stay healthy? It's going to make you nervous every time he's out there, but I, I would think the more he plays, the longer he goes without any setbacks, I think that's going to be uh, encouraging long-term for the Cowboys. Um, just wanted to remind you guys that the Lockdown Podcast Network stands against racism and social injustice. That is why we, the hosts, are making personal donations to local and national organizations that are fighting for a change. And in the month of June, Locked On is matching the total of all host donations up to $10,000. To make your own donation along with us, please visit LockdownPodcast.com backslash Black Lives Matter. All right, Landon, um, this next question comes from Brian Robinson. He wants to know, in the NFC, who is going to be the biggest obstacle for the Cowboys in getting to the Super Bowl? So which team right now are you the most afraid of in the NFC?
0: Huh. I mean, the 49ers still look like a very good team, you know? Um, I think you know we don't really I know. think they're going to
1: have a little bit of a, I, was gonna say, I think they're going to drop off a little bit right sure. there's, no, I, there's I always agree. that Super Bowl hangover
0: I agree I certainly agree there but I do think that they are still going to be a very good team I agree uh, um, I think that you know we don't really know what Tampa Bay is going to look like mm-hmm. uh, we don't really I think we have an idea of what Seattle is going to be I think they will be back Green Bay will be interesting because I, you know they made it all the way to the NFC Championship almost kind of in a fluky manner and then yeah. d- didn't manage to improve their team almost at all this offseason. Um, they did
1: get a backup quarterback for when Aaron Rodgers so That's leaves. a good that's point. Kind
0: of- and speaking of backup quarterbacks, I think the loss of Brandon Brooks or the Eagles... Means that mm. backup quarterback Carson Wentz might have a hard time uh, keeping <laughs> you know, keeping his job. Oh, this
1: is my this is my favorite bet. It's so great. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: I, honestly, without a doubt, I mean, I'm mentioning all the the other candidates, but to me, the the clear the clear, you know, with a bullet number one team in the NFC right now, if I had to put it, would be the Saints. I mean, that's the, the, what I the I roster agree. is is just stacked top to bottom, and honestly. I mean, the thing that I I look at as the potential weakness there, and I can't even believe I'm saying this.
1: I know where you're going.
0: Is Drew Brees gonna be able to hang on, like for the, like, because his play, you know, has dropped in a way that Brady's didn't drop, right? Like, as maybe yep. as precipitously, you know, like it just seems like. It seems like Brady has been on a slow decline for a while while uh Breeze has been playing at a very high level this whole time, right? And then right. suddenly Breeze fell off a cliff. Like,
1: so and I, I think I, you really notice it in the playoffs. Like, by the time yeah. we get to the playoffs, he's just done. Like, his arm is just he can't do it anymore. I mean, I listen, I think for the last three, four years, you can make the case that the Saints are the best team every single year. Um, they've had some bad playoff luck and some bad calls against them, you know, in that Rams game. But I think the truth of the matter is their quarterback has actually held them back a little bit in these playoff games. Um, you know, this is somebody who for like, you know, you look at like Breeze's stats over the last, you know, I don't know, four years, right? He's got a passer rating since 2015 of 106. He gets in the playoffs and that drops down to about 90, um, that's a problem. I, I think yep. by the time we get to the end of the season, he's just no longer the same quarterback that we see at the end of the year. But I agree with you. I, I, that roster is—I still think—is the best in the NFL. There's really not a weak spot anywhere on that team, and they did some things this offseason to really improve that team. Uh, you know, getting Emmanuel Sanders to pair with Michael Thomas is outstanding. Drafting Cesar Ruiz, the center from Michigan, to have him play right guard. Um, the defense is really good. Good, they drafted Zach Bond. It's just, a, it's just a loaded roster, and I, I guess I would be shocked if they're not at least in the divisional round, at you know, at the very, very least.
0: Yeah, I agree.
1: It's just, they're, they're going so to be very hard to beat, but <laughs> we'll hey, see. And they, they beat us beat without
0: Drew Brees last year too, Like <laughs> so that, I mean, that just shows you what well, kind of team they've got. Yeah, but...
1: May, may, maybe they actually upgraded at quarterback. Oh, and got, I don't know about know. that, but yeah,
0: okay.
1: <laughs> All right, that's, a, that's a different topic for a different day. Um... This question comes from Donald Walker. Uh, do you see Pollard being used in a similar fashion that Mike McCarthy used Ty Montgomery uh, with the Packers? I think they're similar players in the sense that they can both do a lot of different things. I think Pollard's probably a better player. Like I have, I have, I think Pollard's certainly a better running back. Um, how do you envision the Cowboys using Tony Pollard this year?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that you know, the the. The thing with, the, with, with what Green Bay did there is that that almost felt like a necessity move. You know, yeah, like, yep. at the time, they were really st- – I think they had some injuries at running back. They wanted to get him the ball more, um, but I, I don't know. Well, they also know. didn't have
1: a lot of talent there. They were using, like, yeah. James Starks, if I remember. Yeah. You know, those kind of guys.
0: Yeah, and, and, and I think that, you know, in the sense that they are both players who can give you skill set – Uh, skill player flexibility and that they could both kind of play wide receiver and uh, running back. Yeah. I mean, Pollard I think is a more talented player, uh, especially, especially, especially at running back. Um, But I, I I think that, you know, I don't know that you're going to see a Ty Montgomery type move from, you know, full time move from Pollard from running back to wide receiver. Uh, I would like to see him running more routes as a wide receiver. I would and like I think to see, he will. And I think yeah. he will as well. Um, but I, I, I don't know that it's – I don't know that we're going to see the transition that Ty Montgomery did where you know he was a wide receiver, started taking some snaps at running back, and then was moved full-time to running back. I, I think Pollard is more just a deployable offensive weapon, whereas Ty Montgomery was a guy who had a running back skill set enough that they could actually play him at running back, not that, they, that he was just – so incredibly talented that they you know had to find a way to get him the ball as a running back
1: right I think that's I think that's fair I think uh, again I think just Pollard's a better player I I, I like Ty Montgomery quite a bit and I was always uh, campaigning for the Packers to use him more as a running back I just think Pollard has a better feel for it um he, he's I think he's way more elusive in the open field I know Montgomery was bigger he was like 225. Pollard just, again, has just a, a much better feel as to how to play the position. Um, but, yeah, I, I do think you're going to see Pollard average seven, eight touches a game. I think there will be certain games where, you know, if, they, if the game script is going their way, that could get easily up to, you know, 12, 13. Uh, but looked at, for him to be a pretty decent piece of the offense. I think they're going to want to get him uh, touches in this, uh, this Kellen Moore offense. Um, all right, Leighton, this next question uh, comes from Gabriel. Uh, and I, I guess I can answer this one. Uh, he wants to know more about Daryl Worley. When Byron used to do all the tight end covering, he was like an eraser. Uh, you guys have talked about Worley doing that too. But how has he actually fared against the Kelseys and Ertz's of the world? I would say it's a little complicated because of this. When he's been with the Raiders, there, there were those times where he would cover Travis Kelsey. There were times that he wouldn't. In the games that he did cover Kelsey, Kelsey didn't have big games. But the pro- the problem was is when when Worley went over to be a safety to cover Kelsey, the other corners were so bad that it they didn't have to throw it to Kelsey because everybody else was open. Um, <laughs> however, I would say for the most part he's done a pretty good job. He, he doesn't have elite speed, but he knows how to use his big body and long arms to, to get physical with those guys. He's not afraid to tackle. I think it's the jury's still out on whether he can do that full turn, you know, like a, as a full time starter or whatever. But I think in the limited sample size that we have, I think the the results were at least good, I, and I think he has the potential to be even better than that. So, uh, any thoughts on Morley being the the tight end eraser for the Cowboys this year?
0: Yeah, I mean, I I mean, just like you, I'm assuming I I, I watched the tape of him covering Kelsey a couple times, and I mean, he he. He looked like he was there. He was, you know, it wasn't like he was getting, you know, blown off the ball. And I thought he did a, an admirable job against, you know, one of the f- most difficult covers in all of football. Yeah. Um You know, so I, I think, I think he definitely has that skill set, and it's something that they will avail avail of. You know, they they will use that skill set on him. Um, you know, I don't I don't know that his job necessarily is to be a tight end eraser specifically. You know, but I think that that's. Just another thing that that guy can do for your team, yep. and you can you know deploy him in that man- manner. The week that you know, maybe the week we play the Eagles, you see him following Ertz or you've, you know or G- Goddard whenever he's on the field. Yeah. You know, I th- I just think that it's uh, another skill set, uh, another thing that these guys can do, which helps with a lot of the versatility on the back end of this defense.
1: I agree. I, I'm I am excited about Worley because when he was with the Raiders the last two years, he was. Good. I mean, he wasn't great. He wasn't an above-average starter, but he was certainly somebody that, when he was on the field, you felt competent—that he, or you know, good enough that he could be competent. I think for the Cowboys' fourth, fifth, sixth defensive back, if that's the the floor that you're getting, uh, I think there's a lot to be and, excited and about.
0: And he's young. He's really young. He's like I think yeah, he's just twenty-four years old. Twenty-four years so, old. Twenty-four. Yeah. He's, yeah. So he still probably has some upside there. So that's something worth exploring.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Worley is Worley is going to be a fun piece for Mike Nolan and Al Harris to to figure out how to use. I I don't think the Panthers and the Raiders have completely figured out how to use him. The Panthers did use him a little bit as a strong safety, and I think that's where his best football came at. But uh, a ton of experience, forty nine starts in the NFL, playing corner, safety, uh, even played a little bit of nickel corner, which I thought was crazy, but. Uh, yeah, it's just a, somebody interesting to keep an eye on uh, during training camp at the preseason. That is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow the show at Lockdown Cowboys. You can follow Landon at McCoolBCB. You can follow me at Marcus underscore Mosier, and we will see you next time.